0: This is an ABC podcast. It's the weekend and you're on ABC Radio Perth and WA. And joining you today, Dustin Skipworth. That's my name in the chairs. Uh, Rowanna Edwards out today. She'll be back with you next week. Uh, Sabrina Hahn is about to join us to do Roots and Shoots. You know the phone numbers. And if you don't, three hundred triple 720 or 4379 720 A little bit of advice. If you love ABC, put those and save them in your phone under ABC Talkback and ABC SMS. That way, when you have a great story or something that you need to ask, you just go straight to it. You don't have to remember the number. And I hope um, some of you I've seen on the text line today are listening out on the ABC Listen app as well, which is great because you can take us anywhere you go, even to all these beautiful tropical destinations that we've been talking about. Uh, we were talking about uh, set jetters around the world and where you've traveled because of TV shows. My mum's in France at the moment and she's uh, actually listening right now on the ABC Listen app. So you can really do it from anywhere around the world. Um, thanks for the text messages as we were talking about that. I mentioned about traveling for concerts back in the day. It was a big thing and I don't think people really do it as much anymore. Colin, uh, Dr. Colin Uh, said this, fixed it for you travelling for concert, used to be seen as cool, but now we're in a climate emergency. How much better to wait for the concerts to come to you and save the emissions? Uh, And we definitely do get a lot more concerts here in Perth uh, these days. You know, we're getting Coldplay, they're going to come here later in the year, and we're the only place in Australia that got that concert. So good work from the government um, for managing to woo them out here to WA. Uh, also got this one, said, uh, how many Coachellas did you go to, mate? I've done four. I went to, I want to say three, maybe four over the years. So you might have me by one. Um, but tell me if you did travel and you went to a concert somewhere else across the, uh, the uh, great globe, maybe you uh, went out to a festival in Germany. Or well, maybe you went out to a Coachella or a stagecoach, if you like, um, country music uh, in just a moment. Well, you know what? Let's bring her in right now. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. But I put the boot to Rowanna, kicked her out for today so I could hang out with Sabrina Hahn. Good morning.
1: Hello Dusty
0: I hope uh, I don't get in trouble for saying I kicked the boot to Rowan <laughs> <laughs> I'm in here helping her, i let her have a day off is what exactly. I'm doing Exactly,
1: exactly, you're doing her a favour Dusty
0: And how are you doing Sabrina, please tell us
1: Well, I, I haven't had a good run of late I know I have to say Dusty, so um, first of all I got An infection. Then I got uh, uh, shingles, which was such a not delight to have. And now I've done something to my neck and shoulder and back. So getting in and out of cars is proving to be a little bit difficult. But I have this theory that I'm never one for laying down and doing nothing. And I think my body's just gone, What's this? You've been in bed for days. What are you doing? Are you, so you insane? So you
0: threw your back and your neck out literally
1: by being in bed? <laughs> by doing nothing. That's how I threw it out, by doing nothing. Let this be a warning to people. The longer you lay about and do nothing, the worse it is for your body.
0: You've got to keep those uh, limbs limbered up and moving. Otherwise, they decide to shut down by themselves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm paranoid because I'm I'm off to Portugal on Tuesday night and I'm paranoid that... Um, there's something else will – I'm going to wrap myself in bubble wrap now between now and Tuesday uh, apart from a trip to the physio and uh, just, you know, just be very cautious. Well, they say it
0: comes in three, so I, th- I feel like you've knocked those three out yeah, of the park. Yeah, I
1: reckon I've – yeah, yeah. I reckon I've done done the trifecta. Um, so now it's all it's all looking up and it's going to be – well, it looks like a really beautiful sunny day outside. but yeah. I. I think it's forecast rain. Oh, well, no, it rained
0: this morning and we spoke to oh, the Bureau it? of Meteorology. Yeah, you weren't even – I was up when it was raining this morning when <laughs> I was on my way and you were warm and asleep in bed. Oh, I was probably drugged up. Lucky for you. Uh, oh, yeah, but it's no. apparently going to be a beautiful weekend, um, the Bureau <gasps> told us. so.
1: Ah. Oh. How marvellous.
0: How marvellous. Um, let's move on. Let's get off of our ailments or your yes. ailments.
1: Yes, <laughs> and, and let's <laughs> look at a beautiful day outside and how we can help people with their beautiful gardens.
0: one 300 or 4379 720 Those are the numbers. Uh, we'll get you up. We've got 50 minutes to do this. Uh, I want to start with our emails because i got uh, some photos sent through. Uh, yeah, the-
1: people are pretty cluey now. They know. To, to email through their photos, which is great because that helps me immensely.
0: Our listeners, they can do phone calls, they can do emails, they can do text message. They <gasps> are the smartest bunch out there.
1: That is so true, Dusty.
0: Perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Barb has sent in some photos, says, uh, Hi, Sab and Dustin. Uh, we have noticed a problem with our xanthoria. It survived mm. transplanting three years ago, but although neither of us have broken off any green things, some look old, odd with black on them. We cannot find evidence of the broken off bits and wonder if a chomper is at them. What could it be?
1: Well... I can see the chompers on there in actual fact. So um, there's a little tiny moth on them that lays eggs. Um, Yeah. So that's what's doing the damage. Now, at this time of the year, and I would suggest that, Margaret, you get onto it pretty quick, you can use a pyrethrum spray and you spray it all in the centre of your grass tree, because that's where they're harbouring. Um, or you can use oil, a botanical oil. A botanical oil. So that's an oil made from plants rather than petroleum.
0: And what does the oil do? Does it make it slippery so they can't <clears throat> stay on it? Wow,
1: well, that's actually... That would be really good if it did that, but no.
0: Uh,
1: It coats their entire body. They suffocate and die. Okay. (laughs) But these are...
0: (laughs) I was was thinking of the nice humane thing. They just slid (laughs) off and went someone else and you just went straight to death.
1: (laughs) No, we want to kill them, Dusty. Okay. We want to kill them dead. Um, So you can use pyrethrum directly on the insect. You can use a botanical oil... You can also use a product that is a bacteria that is just for um, butterfly, just for caterpillars. But I would go the pyrethrum on those little sods because they're all they're all showing themselves all out and proud. They're up there mm-hmm. just chewing away, not hiding at all. No, I just spray them directly with pyrethrum.
0: All right. Barb, I hope that helps you with your Xantheria. one three Let's get to some of the phone lines. Scott from Henleybrook joins us. Scott, what can we help you with today?
1: Yeah, good morning. Um, yeah, good day, Sabrina, I hope you're feeling better and you have a, have a good holiday. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I bounce back pretty well. I'm going to have a lovely holiday.
0: Oh, good, good, good. Um, you've got a problem with mole crickets in the, in the back lawn. Um right what's
1: the best best way to sort of control them? Mole crickets are incredibly difficult to control. um One of the best things magpies absolutely love eating them. Uh, now, what happens is they of course chew off the root system of your lawn. are they mostly they're mostly in the lawn, they're not in your garden beds. Well, I think they they might have actually... They might be everywhere. ...in tree, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, there is a, an organic solution to grubs. I, it's not very effective for mole crickets. The stuff that you need to... That they recommend for mole crickets to actually kill them is fairly toxic. So if you've got kids and pets and things, I wouldn't advise it. Um as soon as we get cold weather, Scott, they're going to that. That's it for them. They like they like the, a warmer soil, um, but you can try that grub. There's a a, a grub killer that um, you drench the soil with. You can also try neem oil, which you mix up in a watering can and you drench. All around the lawn, the mole crickets will come up. Now, if you do that late in the afternoon, the mole crickets are usually most active in the morning or late afternoon, and that's when you hear them. People think they've got frogs, mm-hmm. but they're usually mole crickets.
0: Mole crickets common. I've i just looked them up, and I yep. don't think I've yep. really seen
1: one. Now they're hideously ugly looking yes, things. Look like an and, alien. <laughs> and I, I give them some credit for persisting in an ecological life when you're that ugly uh,
0: <laughs> i don't think they i don't think they they worry about looks for mating the mole cricket something tells me
1: no no, nah. <laughs> um, but that drenching with the neem oil, I'd try that first.
0: All right. Well, Scott, I hope that helps you out. Uh, weekends at your.abc.net.au. If you've got a question uh, and a photo that you want to send for Sabrina Hahn to just help you out this weekend because the sun is out and it's going to be a great weekend, what it looks like for gardening. Natalie has come on the email and says, hi, Sabrina, I live 1.5 kilometres from the coast and my lemon tree leaves are going yellow. What can I add to help them?
1: They certainly are going yellow, Natalie. I'm looking at the photo of your lemon tree and I, I feel for the lemon tree, I have to say. Um... So, well, there's a few things going on here. Number one, it's got a severe manganese and iron deficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, It's had scale and it's definitely had grasshoppers that are fairly chomping the hell out of the leaves. So, now, the big problem is is where you live. So, citrus have... Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that when I say that, I mean mandar is beautiful. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah, but I love mandar. It yeah, it's great. But if you are a citrus tree, and you're only one point five k from the coast, you're going to get all that salt laden air, the wind coming in off the off the beach and the river, um, and uh, there's no nutrients in that in the Mandurah sands, so I would dig the lemon tree up, I would replant it in a large pot with really good potting mix and a bit of um, bit of mature compost don't, if you live anywhere on the coast, don't use sheep manure because sheep manure can be quite alkaline and you've already got alkaline soil. So I dig it up and I'd put it in a pot for at least a few years until it develops more root system and then prepare a big hole. So you'd need your hole to be 600 wide, 600 millimetres, that is, not metres. Not
0: metres, that would be a big hole. Not metres,
1: no. That's a very large (laughs) hole, Dusty. Uh, And if you can go 600 deep, you're you're laughing. Now, the most important thing is to hose the foliage off every week to get the salt deposit off the leaves. And, of course, you will need trace elements. So you can get a foliar... Liquid trace element spray that you spray on the leaves, and those micronutrients are taken in through the leaf tissue straight away. So,
0: your only other, the, your only other option would be to ask uh, Mandra if Reese Williams if he could do something about the soil. <laughs> 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 no, pretty I tough. know.
1: <laughs> it's so hard gardening around Mandurah. <laughs> oh. Well, luckily
0: luckily everyone has you, Sabrina, to at least give them a, a chance at it. A, Bit of a, a heads up. Just a chance. <laughs> You're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, it's almost <laughs> 20 minutes past nine here on ABC Radio Perth. Sabrina Hans in with us for Roots and Shoots. Get your questions in one 300 720 or send us a text on zero four 720 Let's go to uh, Kolbinya. Arthur joins us. Good morning, Arthur. What can Sabrina help you with? Good morning, everyone. Thanks for the show. Uh, look, my mate's got a magnificent macadamia tree, which he pruned severely a year ago, and I didn't get any cuttings, but he's happy to oh. he give me some. It's fruits, and the, I picked some fruit off the ground, and they were beautifully edible, brown nuts.
1: So oh. I'm
0: asking Sabrina, what's the largest size cutting I can take to propagate a macadamia tree from
1: my tree. Oh, I wouldn't go more than a than thirty centimetres, like a ruler length, Arthur. Thirty
0: centimetres
1: in diameter. No, oh no, oh no, no. I mean in length. <laughs> oh. Okay. We um, be did the really, <laughs> yeah, the really big hardwood. You're not going to get much joy out of those, Arthur. You need to go for the younger wood. Okay.
0: Okay, th- th- thank you very much. I thought I could har- hurry the process along a bit. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, you're not, you won't have much joy out of once you come down to, you know, three-year-old wood.
0: Sometimes you um, can't hurry along the process.
1: No. Mm. But it sounds like his macadamia tree is definitely worth growing from a cutting. They actually grow pretty fast. If you can keep the water up to them in, in summer, mm-hmm. um, they, get a, they get a fair hoot along. Where's the best part
0: of the tree to take the cutting if you want to take thirty centimeters of it?
1: It depends. Well, for the macadamia tree, you take yeah. the cuttings in spring and summer, mm-hmm. and near the tip, near the tip of the the new the new growth. Okay. Um, you take hardwood cuttings in winter when things are dormant, when they've got no leaves, but not macadamia trees—they're evergreen. Um, so you can take bigger cuttings off hardwood. Plants like deciduous plants, you can take them. You know, sixty centimeters long. So things like fig trees, yeah. you can go down into the bigger wood and take a dirty rip and great big cutting. Same with mulberry trees.
0: The old mulberry tree. There was someone that lived across the uh, the road from us that had the beautiful, the best mulberry tree growing up, and mm-hmm. they just allowed us kids just to pick as many mulberries as we wanted. <gasps>
1: How wonderful. Well, you can't eat all the mulberries that you get on a mulberry tree. What do you mean you
0: can't eat them all? Well,
1: a single family wouldn't be able to eat every... You have to share your mulberries. I I thought
0: you were going to tell me that some were poisonous or something. No,
1: no, no, no. Eat up big. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes. There was definitely (laughs) a lot. Let's move over to the emails. Perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. If you've got one for us... Jillian's come through with a question about avocados. Says, good morning, girls. I'll take that. I'll jump into that um, <laughs> <laughs> round of girls. Uh, my husband has a lamb husk, uh semi-dwarf avocado tree that he's concerned about. It looks a little droopy and the leaves have motley yellow spotty dots happening on them. Then they start to go brown. He planted it four weeks ago. We live up near Quinn's super bad soil, alkaline soil. Uh, He put sheep manure and a mix of potting mix with the dirt that came out of the hole. Can you advise what we can do?
1: Yep, absolutely. And I've seen the photos, Gillian. You need to dig that avocado tree up and replant it because the potting mix, well, the sheep manure is alkaline. Mm. Where you are in Quinns, as you so beautifully uh, <laughs> describe, is really bad alkaline soil. So I want you to dig, the, dig a big hole. I want the hole to be 400 wide, 600 deep, if possible. Mm. Then you're going to get in a wheelbarrow, you're going to go and get two bags of compost, one bag of cow manure, slow-release fertiliser, water retention crystals, which are different to a wetting agent, water retention crystals. Um, You're going to mix all that up together and that's going to be two-thirds of that mix that you've got in your wheelbarrow to one-third of the terrible sand that you've dug out of the hole. So two-thirds, 13rd you You're going to replant... Your macadamia or your avocado uh, avocado into that mix, into that soil. Then on top, you're going to put a nice layer of um, cow manure, but you only need it like one centimetre thick, 100 mil thick. Then you're going to put mulch on top of that, either lupin, lucerne, pea or cane sugar mulch. Then you're going to water that really, really well. Then the final step, they'll have to go back and listen to this yeah. on the podcast. You know, on the, on ABC the podcast, Listen
0: app, yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, you're going to put a little tent around it with shade cloth so that it keeps the wind off those new emerging leaves. Don't cover the top. Okay. Just around the sides.
0: If you were to move into a, a new pla- new a new house in Quins, uh, in that mm. kind of area, what's mm. what should you do straight off with your garden? Is it something you should just do so that you can kind of yep. help your process later on?
1: Yep, put in a windbreak. Okay. So get a local native plant that will take the strong salt laden winds. Alkaline soil and very little water, and you put a windbreak in straight away that creates a microclimate in that little area that you're in. Uh, So, I would definitely put in a windbreak, but it depends how big your block is, Mm -hmm. Dusty. Because sometimes a lot of people, massive
0: block, you know, I'm talking, you know, I'm buying acres up in in Queens. Ah, So, there you go.
1: (laughs) Yep, put a windbreak in. First thing, if you've got acres, then you want a double lined windbreak. Okay. And you want the wind to actually come through the plants, like like casuarina trees. So the wind comes through, but it slows it right down.
0: Oh, all right. Interesting. If I ever get a place up in Quinn's, I'll do the double yes. windbreak. Thank you, Sabrina. Absolutely. Uh, let's head uh, back down towards Mandra, Dawesville, actually. Uh, joining us is Phil. Good morning to you. What can we help you with?
1: Yeah, Hi, Sabrina. It's Phil. I've called you many times. We've recently downsized from Dawesville into central Mandarin, not far from the train station. We've got yeah. a, beautiful, a beautiful orange tree. I, I guess it's a navel. There's no seeds in it. And there's quite a lot of orange on it, but they're really bitter. I'm wondering, can I mm. feed it with something to make them so they're not bitter? Um, I would be very careful what fertiliser you're using, Phil, because... Um, Sometimes if you've got a fertiliser that's got um, really fast-release nitrogen, that can cause um, bitterness in the fruit. But the other thing that causes that is a lack of all the trace elements. So get yourself a click-on foliar trace element spray um, because a lot of the uh, citrus suffers from a zinc deficiency as well, down around the coastal sands, yeah. so that should definitely help. We've only just bought this place. We've only moved in like two, three weeks ago. So, obviously oh, okay. Happy. I just want to fix it okay. up. Okay. So yeah. Okay, so get go and get yourself some really good compost, bit of cow poo. Go and get that spray-on trace element spray, uh, and get those micronutrients into the orange.
0: So we covered quins, what you should do if you move into that area. We've got quite a yep. few Southwest or people down in Mandra calling. What should you do if you move into a, a new place down in Mandra?
1: Well, if you haven't got the space to put a windbreak in, you really need to find a protected area for things like your fruit trees, basically. Unless they're Mediterranean fruit trees like figs, locusts, mulberries, they will grow in salt laden winds. But a lot of the fruit trees won't. So you need to You need to hydrozone your garden. So where you want stuff that doesn't like alkaline, sandy, gutless, water-repellent soil, you put it in an area where you can build the soil up. Now, people think that when they put compost and manures that you do it once and that's it. On sandy soils, that completely disappears after two months, and it looks like you haven't done anything. So it's a constant, ongoing thing. You should be doing that twice a year, and you will need to do it for 10 years before you see a change in the soil.
0: There's no rest for the wicked when it comes to gardening, is there? <laughs>
1: That's the bad news. But the good news is, Dusty, that if you do that, you've got a a huge array of plants that you can put in your garden.
0: This is true. The enjoyment does come out of it. But, yes, you are busy constantly. It's like raising a child.
1: It's exactly like raising a child. You've got to put all the effort in in those early years.
0: It's almost half past nine here on ABC Radio Perth. Sabrina Hahn joining us for Roots and Shoots. Uh, Joe from Dawesville joins us. Good morning to you, Joe. What can we help you with?
1: Oh, good morning, guys. How are you going? Um, so yeah, good. I've got a question for you. I've been trying to ring for a while now, but um, oh. we've got some gardenias that I've put in, and I bought them from Perth, but we're in Dawesville. Yep. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the soil or if it's the, something I can do with the foliage. The, fol- the actual leaves turn yellow. I, I'm getting flowers. They're fine. But yep. the leaves, yep. it's just not happy. And I don't know, is it not the right environment? Did I yep. need to choose a different plant maybe? Joe, did you say they're in the ground? Yeah, I put them in the ground. They're, they're standards, gardenia standards. Okay, all right. Um, it's the soil. Okay, so the soil once plants again. grow, yeah, I know. Once plants grow, their their root system gets further into the profile of the soil that exists. So even if you improve the hole when you first put them in, that's not going to last long. So the alkalinity of the soil will reach those plant roots. Gardenias do not like Dawsville Mandurah, Cotters low, any that whole coastal strip. Gardenias really struggle. They need an acidic soil. So I know they're in. I know their standards. Your only option is to to prune them, dig them up, put them in a pot, and dig a dirty great big hole with that mix that I was talking about before, with the compost and the cow manure. Water retention crystals, slow release fertilizer, all that sort of stuff. And you will always have to do the trace element foliar spray.
0: Joe, I hope that helps. We've had Dawesville, we've had Mandra, we've had a lot of people from down in. Down
1: on the coast. On the coast.
0: Always with the sandy soils and the windbreaks necessary. Yeah. Gooseberry Hill, do you need a windbreak if you live in Gooseberry Hill?
1: No. Well, Well, Well,. Maybe? You, well, the easterlies fairly rip through up in Goodsbury Hill uh in summer and they're quite hot, but and in Gooseberry Hill you probably have a really lovely big sized block so you could. But again, bushfire prone area, have to be very careful what you plant up there near your house.
0: This is True Barry joins us uh from Gooseberry Hill. Uh Barry, do you have a large block up there? Uh it's a substantial block, yeah, but uh,
1: Beautiful. The problem
0: is the uh, roses, very mature roses, and uh, mm. about five of them, but chili thrip
1: driving mm. the crazy situation, I'm on the verge of deciding to pull them out. Uh, mm. Sabrina, are we
0: are we looking forward to any breakthrough in the control of chili thrip? Well,
1: the good thing is Barry that everyone has been has got on the bandwagon and everyone that has roses has actually been spraying to control chili thrip now because of that I don't think the problem's going to be as bad this spring as soon as we get cold weather if we do get cold weather the chili thrip going to overwintering. I don't think next year will be anywhere near as bad because, number one, people know to start looking for chilli thrips right from August. They're not waiting till September. So as soon, as soon as the weather starts warming up, people are going to start spraying. So if you can get those very early populations, then that, then you're way ahead. So I don't think it would will be as worse. I think it's worth persevering. Um, the keeping your roses, and I know chilli thrips are still around because we haven't had enough cold weather. So I would continue to do the fortnightly spraying until we get cold weather and then be really vigilant in August usually last year they emerged in September but we need to be really on the ball in August and if you get the the first lot that come out then you shouldn't have anywhere near as bad a problem
0: so there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for chili 3 mm. Yep. All right. Well, one of my favorite parts about being on Saturday Breakfast is uh, Sabrina's song pick. We're going to do it in a couple of minutes. So let's get one more uh, one more question in before we get to your song pick. Elizabeth in Esperance joins us. Good morning to you, Elizabeth. How can we help you? Uh,
1: good morning. Um, yes, I've got a problem with a Guruvillia, which I've been ringing for ages. I've mm-hmm. got a bag of clay and i'm getting a bag of compost i want to know what common what combinations that i have to put okay so you will only need one quarter of a bag of clay to a full bag of compost elizabeth right okay And I'm going to dig that into the garden all around before I plant the new grevillea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Now, with the grevillea, though, so with that mix, so you've got one-quarter clay and three-quarters compost, okay, but you want to mix that right down to 50-50 with the sand that you dig out of the hole to that clay compost mix because if grevilleas get too much compost... They will die.
0: Too much compost and they die. Mm. Why is that? The nitrates? Or because
1: the... grevilleas have uh, evolved with our very nutrient poor soils, mm-hmm. so they have the capacity to take up the very small amounts of nutrients that are in the soil. And if you if the you put too much compost in, it's just too rich for them. Um, they're getting they're, it's making it f- way too nice for them, so they rot and die.
0: Oh, well, we don't mm. want that. Mm. We don't want no. that, uh, Elizabeth. Hopefully, that helps you out. Sabrina, without telling our listeners what the mm. song is that you have mm. picked, just, yes. just give us a little tease about
1: what it may sound like, what, 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 what you're in for. Well, well, it's very short, this song, um, and it's tragically, tragically sad. Oh,
0: it sounds like it might be opera, but don't say. <laughs> Don't say. You're going to find out in just a moment. This afternoon, Fremantle head to the Harbour City to take on the Swans. Swinky five metres in the right forward pocket, and he kicks the Dockers fifth. Can the Dockers make it two wins in a row? Switkowski got it from O'Meara. Swinkowski thumps it
1: through. He was on the run at pace, Sam Switkowski and he gives the Dockers their third. Don't miss a moment of the action on ABC
0: Radio Perth, WA, Sport Digital, and the ABC Listen app. 24 minutes to 10 here on ABC Saturday Breakfast across the state. Sabrina Hahn joins us, and you're about to be wooed and just in awe, I'm sure, of Sabrina's pick. Sabrina, talk me through what we're in for today.
1: Righty-ho. So we're going to go way back to 1898, Dusty. 1898. Oh, yeah, I remember 1898, that 1898, <laughs> yep. And uh, we're going to have a chat with Umberto Giordano. Umberto And we're Giordano. going to listen to his opera called Fedora. Now, Fedora, so I'll give you, we're listening to an aria. Okay. Okay, this is Loris who's singing the aria. So... Now, basically, the crux of the, the very, very sad tale, it's all about a Russian princess and she falls in with a bloke that actually murders her fiancé. So <laughs> typical, <laughs> typical very, opera yeah. where everyone kind of dies in the end. Um, and this is called Amor Tivieta, which means love forbids you not to love.
0: Let's listen to the Russian princess. Fedora, Act Two. Amor Di Dinun Amar. Did I do all right, Sabrina, with the pronunciation?
1: <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, dusty, beautiful. What a lovely
0: piece of work.
1: Um, it's really interesting because Fedora the opera was sort of poo-pooed that 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 it had a really sort of weak storyline and the music wasn't that good and but um that uh, that that aria, which was sung by Domingo, is is just exquisite, isn't that? Mm. The most um, That's why opera is so fabulous because it takes you into another realm, and opera singers are uh, have a gift that is the greatest gift. Really beautiful. Have you ever travelled to go to an opera? Oh yes, lots. Yes, I've been to. I've been to operas in Prague, in Germany, in France, in Italy, in the well, I went to one in Spain that was kind of a modern one that was pretty weird and ended up with
0: <laughs> why <laughs> some weird very why, strange why was stuff. it weird <laughs> well,
1: well it was it was a modern opera and of course it's all in Spanish so I had no idea what it was about <laughs> but um, but they kind of blended it with um, with dancing and clapping and I don't know with just Mm, Mm. A strange experience. Well, one
0: one you can tick off the bucket list. You've done it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, very true, very true.
0: <laughs> 20 minutes to 10 here on ABC Radio Perth. We're going to get back into our gardening. Uh, if you've got a question for Sabrina, one three hundred triple 720 or on the email, if you've got some pictures you want to get across, it's perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Uh, let's head to Byford. Herb joins us uh, this morning. Herb, you got an issue with your grapes? Yes, I have.
1: What's happening with them, Herb?
0: Hi, Sabrina. Um, yeah, the, uh, uh, the grapes grow uh, in Hovia. And yep. I'm just wondering about the best time to, uh, to give them a, 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 you know, a pretty hard prune.
1: Yep. Okay. So we usually leave grape pruning until July. Um, the reason we do that, Herb, is if you prune any earlier, the, the vines seem to bleed a lot. The only time we would prune much earlier is if your grapes have disease or, um, or or mites, grape leaf blister mite, then you could prune earlier. But usually any time from the 1st to the end of July.
0: The 1st to the end of July for yep. your grapes. And yep. how, how, how much do you prune back? The grapes, because the vines would be very large. Hard.
1: hard. I'm talking hard.
0: <laughs> Your favourite.
1: <laughs> I prune, I prune, I would take two thirds off my grapes. Okay. And then I only leave um, three three nodes coming up off the... Of the horizontal branches just uh, hook in hook into it hard i do dusty
0: that doesn't surprise me one oh. little bit sabrina uh one 300 720 get your questions in for sabrina harm we've got her for another 15 minutes and doug joins us now uh, doug from warwick good morning to you doug what's your question for sabrina uh, good morning, lady and gentlemen. Thank you. I'm oh, lovely! Nice touch. Here. Yes.
1: <laughs> nice touch, Doug.
0: <laughs> um, look, I've got a yeah. I've got a Calberry carpet that's currently in the garden. That's going okay. It's going so the yeah. birds love it. Uh, they, yeah. It, it, they fight over it all the time. Unfortunately, I haven't had to call the police, but oh, good. <laughs> I want to be. Up, uh, I want to be able to um, uh, put it into a basket. i we've seen one hanging about a friend's place, and they look yeah. fantastic in a basket. Yeah. Is there a can I transplant it, or do I need to start a new?
1: No, you won't have much luck transplanting it, Doug. You, I'd go and get another one. I tell you another thing that looks fantastic in a hanging basket is Adenanthus cuneatus, coral carpet. Or even if you just remember coral carpet. So carpet. it's an yeah, so it's an adenanthus, which is related to the woolly bush, but it's a it's a dwarf ground cover. It has c- little circular cup shaped leaves that go the, the colour of coral. You get yellow, pink, red coming through the leaf, um, and it cascades down. The problem with Calberry carpet, which is an eremophila, it tends to die off in the centre of the plant. So you get all the, you know, you get the brown stem stuff and then it looks beautiful on the outside. So if you have a Calberry carpet and you're going to put it in a hanging basket, make sure that you trim it regularly, like about four times a year. Just give it a trim so that you have the foliage in the centre of the plant as well as the outside.
0: Does the name Calberry carpet come from being in Calbury?
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's, um, there's a, a few beautiful soil um, plant hunters around uh, Western Australia and um, they collect uh, pieces of plants from all around WA. And then so this, this was discovered by George Lullfits. Um, who is uh, we have to be so grateful to George Lull Fitz for providing fi- at least fifty percent of the plants that are now available in nurseries. So he would explore um, far and wide and yeah. bring back specimens of plants and then grow them from cuttings or seed. He should so have his this own this one day. is from Calgary. Does he have yeah, yeah, gardening yeah. day that everyone appreciates him because that's a huge percentage. Yeah, there's, there's a few. The Luscombe families were the same. There's some um, amazing plant collectors in WA that never, ever get accolades for the hard work that they do going to, you know, remote places, discovering new species, collecting specimens, growing them from cuttings so that the home gardener can grow those plants in their garden.
0: Well, good on you for championing them, Sabrina, and bringing them up here on Roots and Shoots. Let's head to East Busselton. Uh, Elv Elv joins us. Good morning, Elv.
1: Elvy, hey. Elvy,
0: rather. (laughs) Good morning to you.
1: Thank you you for your show. Um, Look, we live in a paddock with coarse white
0: sand. There isn't any shelter from the wind. I'd love to know of a fast-growing native tree
1: for shade, park a car under with flowers for the bees and the birds, please. Well, if you want canopy cover, that's really pretty. Um, all of the carimbias are beautiful. You know the red flowering gum? I do, Which, I do. which comes in red, orange, pink, white and cream. Yes. Um, that's and, – and you, but you've got to get them grafted. They will do quite well. Um, the, the melaleuca – um, you know, the Rotnest Island tea tree Melaleuca does very, very well and has a beautiful dense crown on it. Uh, and Melaleuca's are quite fast growing. So they would be, and any of those, I, I reckon the Melaleuca and the Carimbia would be the go. You still have to improve the soil LV just to get them started. So Melaleuca Raffiaphyla. Mm-hmm. Um will certainly do the job. The Rottnest Island Tea Tree will do the job. Um so either of those And
0: none of those are gonna, you know, have too much droppings on the, the car if she wants to park a car under it?
1: No. Okay. No, no.
0: Beautiful one three hundred triple two seven twenty if you 've got a question for Sabrina, ten minutes left, um, so we 'll try to get in as many as possible uh, let 's go to Pam in les Moody. Um Good morning to you pam what 's your question for Sabrina?
1: Hello there um, I have a, a port wine magnolia, uh, which is quite you know i 've had it for quite some time so it 's quite big. And it's mm-hmm. the leaves seem to be getting very sparse on. It's been happening for quite some time, oh. but I haven't done anything about it. Okay, so Pam, is the port wine magnolia getting more shade than it used to? I don't Do think, think th- so. I, no, I, I have camellias, uh, you know, near it, etc. Right. Um but no, well, I, I don't would, think so. Okay. Well, I would be giving it a good hard prune. So port wine magnolia, you can you can take off a third, no problem at all, Pam. So I'd take off a third all the way around, then give them a give it a good feed, put a bit of cow manure or horse manure on it, um, and a wetting agent, and that should really boost it into um, producing more leaves.
0: I thought that uh, Pam was calling us at, at, the, at first to ask about getting rid of some port wine and I was thinking, you know what, she's called <laughs> the right gardener to help her out with that one.
1: Absolutely, Dusty. <laughs> port
0: wine um, magnolia, is it the colour, I'm guessing the colour of port yeah, wine? The color of the yeah, the
1: colour of the flowers is the same colour as either a... Uh, a Cabernet Sauvignon or a Port. I might have mm. one
0: this weekend, I think.
1: Mm. Get I think you should.
0: Cabernet Sauvignon, one three hundred triple 720 or Perth weekends at your.abc.net.au. Uh, got this one on the email. It says uh, mm. from Tracy, it says, good morning. Planted this bankshear last May from tube stock, has grown lots, but now yellow with a few dead leaves. What's up with it? Mm. What do I do? Tracy in Bayswater.
1: Well, Tracy, I'm afraid to tell you that that banksia is going to die. Oh. Now, this comes from someone who has killed, I don't know how many banksias I've killed over the years. are mass murderer. Not deliberately, but they're very, very fickle little beasts to, uh, you've got to get the right banksia for your soil type. That's basically it. Mm-hmm. And even then... Um, they, I don't know, there's so many things they don't like. I love banksias, which is why I persist in still trying to grow them. If they get any disturbance in their root system at all, they die. If they hit a pocket of soil that uh, is the wrong pH, they die. If they get fertiliser and they get any phosphorus, they die. If they, if you look at them sideways and they're hurt, they die. Um, I don't know why they die. There's so many reasons why Banks is, but yours is definitely going to die. That's,
0: sometimes it's that's just about bad. all I can so, tell you. Sometimes it's just bad news. You can't sugarcoat <laughs> I, it. I
1: know. I
0: know. <laughs> Better to spend your time with something new than to just be trying yep. to bring that back to life.
1: Yep yep
0: all right yep
1: mm-hmm. i'd put in i would put in um a banksia nivia, which is a lovely little ground cover and that seems to survive anything
0: an easier banksia to, to grow
1: yep banksia no. Nivia. honey pot they call it the um the couch honey pot oh, banksia lovely
0: love a little bit of honey mm-hmm. um let's go to Geraldton. Uh, marie joins us uh, an issue with roses marie good morning what's your question Good morning. Can you hear me?
1: We've got yes, you. indeed.
0: Oh, okay, that's good. Sorry, I've just got the radio on. Um, I'm a pretty avid gardener, and I keep all the right things in the soil. Growing my roses, but I don't get any flowers.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're in full sun. Uh, Are they in full sun?
0: Not sure. Not sure if they're in full sun.
1: Do they get some okay, sun? So
0: they get a lot of sun.
1: We live in Geraldton. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah. there is a lot of sun in Geraldton. You know what you need to put in to get roses to flower really well? They love clay. Roses wow. love clay. So okay. how, how long have they been in the ground for? About a year. Okay. So I would this winter, I know this sounds like a pain to do this, but this winter, I would dig them up. I'd go and buy some clay and some compost. Now, for roses, you can have a third clay, two thirds compost, because they love the clay. Then get can some really good. All
0: together, to, can I shift them all together to another location, as in place? Yep, yep. Because I can't work out.
1: Yeah, I think it's too sandy where I am. Yeah, yeah. So I can yep. take them to another location. Where yes, definitely, clay. where there's clay, yep, yep.
0: So move them That's the go. to an area with some clay. And 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 the process of, I guess, digging them up and moving them, how long between, I guess, putting the clay in and then putting them back in that soil? Is it instant, straight away? Oh, yeah,
1: straight away. Okay. Put them straight in, All yep. Right.
0: Marie, yep. get to it this winter. Um, get those roses out. Put some clay in. Uh, we are on afternoons, Saturday breakfast. Oh, on afternoons. No,
1: no. You we're we're on, in the morning here, Dustin. You work Dusty. on
0: afternoons too often and it just <laughs> comes out of your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> we're on Saturday breakfast. It's morning. It hasn't even gone 10 o'clock. No. Oh. <laughs> You've got your whole day ahead of you. Uh, roots and Shoots, Sabrina Hahn in with you. We've got seven minutes left, actually just ticked over six. Uh, let's get an email. Uh, we'll head back to Gooseberry Hill again. Sharon yes. says, uh, thanks for such a great gardening program. Love it. Um, I have a sugar thyme crab apple, which has been in the ground three years and just won't grow. I did lift it up a year ago and give it better drainage. Compost, but still doesn't grow. Any suggestions before I rip it out? <sighs>
1: Do you know the thing with crab apples is you have to find the right spot. So crab apples, it may have hit rock uh, because you're in Goosbury Hill. I would, this winter, dig it up again. So you can either grow it in a pot or you can just try and find that right spot. I love crapples, crab-apples, crapples. <laughs> crapples? <laughs> crapples? I love crapples. Um, it actually looks really healthy mm. and I don't know, looking at it now, I would say, no, don't dig it up, just feed it more.
0: There's a chance.
1: Yeah, it's looking really healthy. I know it hasn't grown much but, you know,
0: <laughs> Sharon, just feed it more. Don't rip it out. I know it's
1: been there for three years, but um, I dig a trench, dig a trench around it, mm-hmm. and fill that trench with a bit of cow poo and fertilise it, and then get trace elements onto it. I'd spray it with the trace element spray. Every fortnight, I reckon she'll go gangbusters. Well, not now because it's going into winter. Mm -hmm. But if you do that in spring, I reckon it'll take off. Folia, trace spray is what you need to give it.
0: Year four is the year for you, Sharon, uh, yeah. and your crab apple. Thank you for yep. that. Perthweekend's at your.abc.net.au. If you've got a question for Sabrina, Marina went there and uh, has a mystery plant. Would you identify this tree growing in she-oak, please? Yep, there is it's a in a she-oak root. tree. Yeah.
1: I love this kind of stuff.
0: What is this? Dusty. Can you explain so, what you're looking what, at?
1: Well, it's a There's a big tall plant growing in the fork of a casuarina tree. Wow. And that plant is a Morton Bay fig tree. So fig so the bird's eaten the fruit, sat on the branch of the casuarina tree and gone out it comes, and it's germinated because it's in that lovely little gap in the tree. And um I my bet is on that the ficus overtaking the casuarina tree so up to you where (laughs) which way which one you want to keep you must value
0: Uh, one more than the other
1: (laughs) yeah but i reckon the ficus is going to win that that fight and it's only little like it looks like it's about two meters tall but it's going to hug that casuarina tree to Mm -hmm. death
0: all right. Well, thank you for identifying that. And sorry mm. that you're going to have to pick between the two plants. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to make the decisions. Afraid so. Uh, Ryan in Willoughby has come through for a, for, with a question. Says, I have a mature native grass tree, one trunk that splits into three. That would be eight foot tall if standing up. Currently, it's growing on its side due to the weight of the head's mm. but is in the way of a future landscaping sca- landscaping plant. I want to stand it back up. Should I simply dig a big hole under cover, uh, uncover the roots and prop it up? Is there anything else to consider when doing this?
1: That's about your only option, Ryan. You're going to have to dig on the lee side so that you can gradually winch it up. Um, now you've got a 50-50 chance of it dying. So dig the hole, then go and get a bucket of soil, spreadable soil microbes, sprinkle that all the way around, get some wetting agent, water it really well. The The soil that you dig out of the hole to winch it back up, you need to put that soil back in because that will have the mycorrhizal fungi. You've still got I reckon a 60% chance of losing it. But if you don't prop it up, it's going to kill itself anyway. All right. So that's your only option.
0: Sarah joins us uh, very quickly before we get to the news. Sarah, what's your question for Sabrina? Yes, my question is I live in Atterdale. I have a lemon tree and a
1: um, lime tree. Mm-hmm. They only have leaves, no fruit. I've been looking after them for the last couple of years. Yep. What can I do? Okay, so you need more trace elements, Sarah. So uh, now your lime tree may not fruit for six years. That's how long they take to fruit in Perth, unfortunately. Um, But if you can add trace elements to the soil and get a good quality fertiliser that's got 60 different minerals in it, you will definitely get fruit from your lemon tree. So you can give your lemon tree a light prune Um, and then uh, do all the fertilising and the wetting agent and the trace elements, and that should do the trick.
0: Sabrina Hahn, always a pleasure. You enjoy your holiday, and please get well between now and Tuesday.
1: Oh, don't you worry. I will, Dusty.
0: Oh, Sabrina Hahn with you there. Roots and shoots. Uh, Dustin Skipworth, thank you for being with me on Saturday Breakfast. Uh, Rowanna Edwards will be back with you next week. Uh, It's been a pleasure, a privilege. It is now 10 o'clock and time for the news. Have you downloaded the ABC Listen app yet? Make sure
1: you tap the heart. Make ABC Radio Perth one of your favourites. We are one of your favourites, aren't we?